It's the dog days of summer. <laughs> <laughs> And they fully work. Uh, it's just Dress House Street. It's August 16th. It's fucking hot out. You know what August is? The Ides of August? No, no. Madonna's birthday and when Elvis died. Oh, shit. Madonna, we used to say that when Elvis died, yeah. she got his charisma and voice. Oh, and his, uh, his constipation? Yes. I got thought, it. I thought it was going to be literally like she inherited something. No. What's up? What's new? How's it going? Oh, you know. You know. It's been a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, How's uh, the muffin shop going? I've been sick. Ah, okay. So that's the big news for me these last couple weeks, this week specifically. I've been sick, friends and neighbors, and Mm. as sick as you can be without people actually giving a shit that you're sick. Well, you have a little little cold. Yeah, but it was bad, though. It was this bad. Oh, I'm cold. But see, that's what I mean. It's like if I was like 1% more sick, people like, oh, you don't look so good, buddy. Can I make you some chicken soup or some creme brulee? <laughs> yep, that's what But no, make. it's like, stay away from me, fucko, and your diseases. And I'm like, I hurt. Had sinuses were all clogged up. I was drinking NyQuil, Ooh. which I rarely do. You must have been a little sick. Yeah. I don't like to drink NyQuil because it makes things, let's say, loosey-goosey. Loosey-goosey. And after a couple of a, days... What was our last podcast? But we talked about Iron Maiden, right? We did, yeah. Okay. So there's a podcast that'll go probably <laughs> by the 18th or whatever fucking day is after today or Monday. But... As of us, we have not actually put up a podcast in like two months. Yeah, this is a little kind of a rushed one, but... Rush, like... No, it just seemed like... it's going to be great, like the greatest band ever rushed. A bunch of stuff like came out today Mm -hmm. and yesterday, so it's like kind of hard to run um, and get everything done. Again, for me, two albums I was... One I was very excited about, one I was cautiously excited about. Both came out yesterday, Friday the 16th. Neither of those will be on this podcast. Oh, so what have you been up to, Jamie? Um, you know. I've been sick, you know. Oh, I know. You know, this and that. Yeah. Stuff and things. Oh, wow. that's Nervous that's... breakdown. Oh, really? A little bit. Oh. <laughs> kind of lost my mind this morning. Oh, did you? What yeah. happened? Uh... Um, I woke up and I was just in a total panic oh. and I couldn't act normal and I kind of wanted to kill myself. <laughs> oh, well, um, okay. <laughs> I'm glad so, you didn't. Yeah. And you got back to so something approaching okay. normal? Well, yeah, I'm doing okay. Oh. Well, I've been eating plenty of pizza, so it should be an exciting Oh, podcast. God. I hope you don't. I'm All right. I'm puke. That'd be great. Just give me my thing. You're, you're going to be a podcast puker? Yeah, a podcast puker. I'll be like, it's that time. <laughs> um, yeah, um, so, I'm trying to think of... A, I haven't really done anything since the last time we, yeah. um, we talked... Mm. Knee still bugging me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm old. No. But I did go, uh, I did, ran like seven miles today. I did oh. Mount Joy and Mount Misery in the nice mm. humid weather. Yeah. And I picked up eggs. Oh, eggs. Mm. Are they? I go to a farm for my eggs because I like to buy local. Oh. 
and support our local farmers. So snouts and sprouts. Snouts and sprouts. They're out of Pottstown. Yeah. They have they have all like the local chickens. They have their own chickens and they sell eggs. They sell bacon. They sell yeah. they actually like uh, they have a vegetable share, and they they'll do like whole pigs and stuff like that. Yeah. So it, it's a really cool place. I can only <laughs> eat uh, farm foods if there's cruelty involved. Oh uh, well, it's weird. The the fear adrenaline. I don't really, I don't eat pork, don't dig on swine. I like eggs. I try not to eat them because things get all loosey-goosey. They have duck eggs too, I think. Oh, they're supposed to be rich. Mm, I never had one. I never did either. But I think people, I think people just turned off this podcast. Yeah. Well, take care. This is what they expect. Scatological themes. <laughs> you having some real truth about mental illness. Yeah, it's a chock full of interesting um, stuff. Me thinking I shat myself in the Wegmans this morning. I didn't. Oh, that's pretty sexy. But that goes back to scatological themes. Mm. I have uh, Off With Their Heads is playing tomorrow at the Shamity Brewery oh, nice. that I might go to. So I have tickets. I, I'd probably go. I just, do I feel like going by myself? Might go with my friend Jake. Ah, but cool. We'll see. I would like to go because I love Off With Their Heads. Wow. Mm. Yeah, it's weird. It's those, They'll be featured later <laughs> yes. on the very podcast. So what else? What do you want to get right into it? Do you have anything to talk I don't really about? have anything else. It's being sick, near death, and no one caring. Oh, I'm sorry. No one at all. Yeah. Like a day, like a day. Anyway, yeah, let's get to it. <laughs> so you have less than me for a change. I know. I uh, was dialing it in today. So I shall go first. Okay. And this is an oldie but a goodie. Okay. Mannequin Pussy. Yes. Patience, third album. First off, Epitaph. Yes, yes. I was actually pretty um, because I, I have I've had it on vinyl for yeah. a while, but I was surprised that they went they made the, the jump to Epitaph. Yeah. But good for them. And this came out like June twenty first, I think. Yeah, I think we both were gonna do it. It just like fell through the cracks. Yeah, kept feeling for it. But um, my other choice, kind of, the one I wanted to do, Jamie. Yes. Um, actually, comes out next month. What is that? The Paranoids. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's what you sent me. In the and then the other one I thought about doing, I was like, I don't give a shit about this band. Dude York. Never heard. Uh, well, you never will. <laughs> um, so I decided to revisit Mannequin Pussy Patients. Philly Zone. Yes. And better yet, recorded in Conshohocken. Yep. By um, Will Yip. Yeah. He does a lot of the. I think he had something. He might have been a dude in like Kid Dynamite and stuff. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I used to work down the street from where they recorded this, but they moved that recording studio. Ah. There's a, there's a there's lot a few, of bands yeah. that record there. It's a pretty big studio, yeah. actually. So, Mannequin Pussy. So, previously on Mannequin Pussy. Yes. Punk band, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, two really good uh, uh, releases. Yes. Uh, Gypsy Pervert and Romantic. Yes. Uh, this one sort of... I think Romantic was on my like top, what, uh, one of my top lists. Yeah, it was really good. It was one of mine, too. It's sort of it's sort of an evolution of the band. They have like a much fuller sound, more produced. Mm-hmm. And is this a concept album? Sort of. You know, I kind of wondered that. Yeah, so. I was because I, I as I said, I listened to it when it first came out. I wasn't mm-hmm. like, wouldn't it wasn't bad. It just didn't like. There was other stuff I wanted to listen to more, mm-hmm. and so it got kind of yeah. put on the back burner. But so I was listening to it today, and I was like, do they have a theme going on here? I, I so at the very least, there seems to be a theme. It seems to be a concept album about breakups. Yeah. Yeah. There's one or two deviations in there, I think, but that was my impression too. I was like, "This is this is a concept album." Yeah. Like I said, they sort of made a a transition more towards a rock sound, an indie rock sound. Mm-hmm. But it seems like they kind of revisit multiple genres to some extent while putting a stamp of Manic and Pussy, mm-hmm. while putting their 
lips <laughs> all over it. <laughs> they put their clitoris all over it. So it's about 70-30 split between more rock-oriented songs, um, sometimes downright poppy, yeah. things like Patience, Drunk 2, High Horses. There are times you'll have like sort of like more faster pace, more punk. I thought it sounded more punk towards the end of the album. Yes. And then you have one weird outlier, which is Fear Plus Desire. Is that the list? No, that's a middle song. It's like a ballad about domestic abuse mm. and toxic relationships. It opens with patience. Not the Guns N' Roses patience. Which transitions seamlessly into Drunk 2. So that's... Something interesting about it, this album is how easily the songs seem to transition no, to each other. No, I agree. Other. Yeah, yeah. It flows um, really nice. For my money... My favorite songs would be Drunk 2, which has this really sweet line. Um, I was so fucked up that I forgot we broke up. I still love you, you stupid fuck. I can't, yeah. And then it ends with this kind of like dinosaur junior-esque guitar lick. Like, lick mm -hmm. And it doesn't quite up... I like to refer to things like that as jerking off the guitar. And it doesn't really do that, but it's kind of like a light tug job. <laughs> you and your man... Mm -hmm. Being a dirty man. No, I just like this. I calls him as I says him. Uh, Drunk 2 is about sort of... about making poor choices, I guess. Yes, I would agree. Then my two other favorite songs... And I love all the songs. I love this whole album. I thought it was a really good album. Um, and I'm not going to go over every song, like I said. Clams, which yes, is I fast really and good. angry and has almost this like 80s hard rock vibe. Like yeah, a yeah. Motley Crue or Guns N' Roses guitar slide in it. Mm -hmm. It's about getting ripped off. Money Clams. I didn't get that right away. I was like, what the fuck is this called clams for? And then uh, the, the somewhat mysterious F-U-C-A-W, Fakal, which is their War on Women song, yes. for lack of a better word. I thought of the same thing, actually. And it breaks down into this really awesome sort of serpentine riff that's really like angry and violent. It's yeah, like, it seems like it just gets angrier the, yeah. the more Well, the on. album in general, it's like... It's like they're losing patience. Yes, whoa. And it's like thrashy and screamy. But don't worry, the last song is In Love Again, and she's back in love. And yeah. it's such an abrupt change. Yeah. So yeah, it's very different. I did re-listen to the other two just to... Compare. Compare, and yeah, it's... It's very different from now, the Now, at certain points in Romantic, they kind of head a bit in that direction, but not really. Uh -huh. But overall, like the other two, like the guitars are very kind of muted and tinny almost. Mm -hmm. And this one, they're fuller and more layered, and it's a really good album. A little different for them, but... Play. Like, yeah, when I first listened to it, I, I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. I was expecting more like romantic. Um, but as listening to it yesterday, I was like, "This is really good." I'm should have. I'm glad that you decided yes, to do it. I'm glad too. Because I probably um, wouldn't have went back to it. Certain other bands maybe could have learned a lesson from Manic. I can't talk today. A lesson from Manic and Pussy. La, 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 la. And they'll be featured next time on the podcast. La, 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 la. <laughs> You're up. Do you know the Queers played the Root Down Brewery last Yeah, with, um, with American Mike, Speedway, yeah, right? Yeah, Mike and Tony. Apparently American Speedway would like kicked ass. Like they were mm -hmm. really good. Supposedly their last show. Oh, I don't know. But apparently Mike says it all the time. Yeah. Nick Lombardo posted a picture on Instagram of like the Queers and yeah. the little Joe Queer singing. And someone goes, oh, I didn't know Ed Harris joined the Queers. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Uh, <laughs> Pretty funny. I would say this is the first punk band I saw. The Queers? Queers are the Groovy Ghoulies, yeah. Really? Where at? I don't remember. Someplace in Westchester, I think. Uh, so it might have been like Lorenzo's or the YWCA. I swear, I do not remember. Rex's? Um, it might have been Rex's, yeah. Because I was, it was that weird. I took. Mark said there was another place because 
um, one of his friends just posted an old Nemesis oh, concert, nice. like in full, mm-hmm. and it was it was somewhere in Westchester. Mm-hmm. I was never there, but it might have been yeah. that place. Because I ran into a girl I went to cl- I was in class with Ooh. at the time. Cool. And we had a baby together. Oh, you did. I gave it away. Oh, okay. And cool. that baby is Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> no. It was very uh, Todd Lincoln. Oh, okay. I knew it was a Lincoln. <laughs> Speaking of Lincolns, <laughs> all right, and Lincoln Logs. Uh, it's not a Lincoln Log. Mm-hmm. Uh, Off With Their Heads has a new album out, Be Good. Just came out pretty much yesterday, August. Mm-hmm. Off With Their Heads. And they're on Epitaph as well. Uh, Minnesota, Chicago. And their last record, Home, was out in 2013. So it's been like a pretty a pretty long while. An age. And I'm a pretty big Off With Their Heads fan. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite bands. So I did not know what to expect. Yeah. Um, and when Home came out, I wasn't like... I didn't hate it. I just... I just was like kind of blowing it, and since then I I really like Home, and then he's Ryan Young has said that Home was kind of a bunch of old songs they just kind of put on the album and mm-hmm. rehashed them a little bit. So anyway, Off with Their Heads, Be Good. I was much anticipating it, and I was not let down. It was fantastic. I don't know if you listened to it. I did. First song, Disappear, which was was their first sing- single, kind of starts and also ends with acoustic, and then it kind of gets going. I think it's very catchy. It's about it's very sad and it's about relationships. But that that was the first song I heard off it. I was like, ooh, this is pretty good, and it's recorded kind of cool. Yeah. And, uh, Dan Jensen, I believe from uh, Dillinger Four, helped produce it. But it almost has like a more like rawer sound. Like it just it's not as polished, and I, I like it. Be good. Another. I think I did every song off there. Yeah. Um, Be good reminds me. The first time I heard it, I was like, eh, I don't know if I like it, and then it really grew on me. Vocally, his vocals remind me. It reminds me like against me a little bit, and they have like these military like drum beat going through it. So I said I didn't really care for it at first, but I really like it now. It's kind of like rock and roll punk, and I just like the way Ryan's delivering his lyrics. He just seems like it's more emotional, more like shouted. Reminded me a bit of Brennan Kelly, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're they're all friends. He actually um would send out an email and he would explain some of the songs and like where he was coming from. And obviously, this is about has some mental issues yeah. and some mental problems. This was like a big, a big song about that. Uh, next song, You Will Die. And that has a straight, like you heard that, you'd be like, that's off with their heads. It has that classic off with their heads sound. It's lyrically great. I really like it. Oh, you, there is a, I guess a lyric, you'll die either way in the, in the mm. song. And the song's more or less about like, you can just sit around and die or you can just do something. So why don't you try to make it good? More or less, mm-hmm. I just thought it was a really good message, really cool. And it also has like that, almost that Miller, like a Death March drum beat going to it um, at first, and then it changes up. No Love is probably my favorite song off the album. It's faster, more punk, has, has these like this interesting kind of like cool guitar riff going through it. It's very angry and growled vocals. It's heavier. Take Me Away, different. It's a little slower rock and roll at first, and there's actually female backing vocals, and it's really yeah. cool. It's just, it's just a very different song. It's, Worked very well. So Tear Me Apart, he, it's more or less him being like, just take it out on me, fucking spill your guts out, and like just take out all your anger on me. Trash It, really good song. I guess it's about trying to get better to, per se. Um, kind of accepting that you did shitty things and kind of, it's got a nice catchy chorus. Let it all, sick of living life, make your changes. It actually has like a little bit of a happier vibe, but it's just like him taking his life back. It's sick yeah. of being like down in the dumps and just... Making a change with your life. Severe Aaron. Uh, that's more around like you're around negative like asshole people and just cutting them yeah. out of your life more or less. Uh, and just being over that type of 
scene and people. Mm -hmm. uh, Locking Eyes. Locking Eyes is a really good song. It was really... He broke up with his girlfriend of like a long, long time. Yeah. And they still remain friends. I would listen to his podcast all the time, mm -hmm. Anxious and Angry, so I can, you know, I, I yeah. know a lot about what's going on from yeah. what he says. And it actually was like really depressing to me because it's just... It was just really sad, and he know like it's truly over. Like the the relationship is mm -hmm. done. Yeah, death is an instrumental, and it's almost like it's like letting off steam, mm -hmm. steam, and it's a lot of ahs. But altogether, I really really like it. It fits on like what he's been saying. It fits into their catalog perfectly. They've progressed. They're not like going back. They're going back to a heavier sound, but it's not like um word of thing. It's not like a a bad thing or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. As I said, it was recorded a little like raw or mm -hmm. um, it's heavy at times. It's angry. It's proud. It's sad, and it just it really shows his emotions and his growth as a as a person and a lyricist. And I really liked it. Yeah, off with their heads be good. I liked it too. I was playing it as I was puttering around the house, doing this and that. Yeah, I know it's not yeah. like your thing really, but yeah. I, I I I was very happy with this release. Yeah, was, it was good. I didn't know what to expect, so off with their heads. Yeah, be good. Be good, like E.T. says to Elliot. Be good. I think he says that. No, I don't think he does. He's like... Phone home. No. Duh! At the end, when he leaves, he's like... I don't remember. Like, I never liked E.T. I thought yeah. it was scary as well, a kid. Yeah, yeah I did too, actually. Everyone did. And my brother, I remember my brother going to my room, and he had this <laughs> this E.T. doll or something, yeah. and he... It glowed in the dark. So he was like, E.T.? And I remember having nightmares so scared. Did you see E.T. in the theater? Uh, I yeah. think so. Because almost everyone I know who saw E.T. in the theater had nightmares about E.T. I think so. I don't remember, but I'm... Like, I was pretty young. When did it come out? 84? 83? I think so. I was young enough that I didn't know E.T. was a thing when my parents decided to take me. Hmm. And then I liked it, but then had nightmares that E.T. was sleeping in bed with me. Maybe he was. I mean, it and was then like, did you play the video game? Yeah, I did. It's totally cool. That's so bad. Oh, by the way, it wasn't even like healthy E.T. It was like dying E.T. Yeah, yeah. So it was like somehow extra creepy E.T. And then in CCD or yes, I know. religious, there's the people Sunday might school know that. for Sunday, the Catholics. It's Sunday school at like Monday night. The priest came and he taught us about like, it was something about Jesus, but he, he used E.T. He made you e. touch his E.T. I know. I was an un, uh, untouchable. He used E.T. to talk about Jesus. Oh. It sort of reminded me of later in Heather's when the priest Otho was like, let me tell you about another righteous dude. Uh, knife Wife. Knife Wife. Knife Wife. Knife Wife kept me from reviewing anything else. It kind of made it hard for me to review anything else too. Knife Wife. Uh, it's a trio out of D.C. So they like they're like very young. Yeah. Oh, they're out of DC. I didn't, wasn't, I didn't look DC, up where they were from. This is Family Party um, off Sister Polygon Records. This came out July 12th. Yep. And it was um, featured on Bandcamp Daily. I'm going to pause for a second and uh, read our computer. No puke. No, no puke. All right, we're back, people. We rebooted the computer. Should be good. Did not vomit, did not no. shit. I might have vomited shit. You? It happens, you know. You vomit shit? You can puke up your own shit if you get super constipated. Really? Yeah. How? I don't... Because it's all a single pipe. Yeah, but that's like... 
You have to be really confident. Really bad. It's, yeah, it's really bad. It's like like it's gonna like be like stuck in like occurrence. yeah, your small intent like yes. from your. It's not good. Number one causes suicide actually because you kill yourself after that happens. <laughs> Probably. Um, unless you really are into it. Yeah, unless you're yeah that's it's your a reverse thing. human centipede. Um, <laughs> fitting because knife wife DC Mr. Polygon. If Daria's math notebook came to life and formed a band, and then that band starred in the movie Kids. <laughs> what was Trent's band's name in Daria? It's not, I can't remember. I, I want to say sad. It's not Sadgasm. You talk all I'll know it the second I hear. So I, I cannot get enough of this band. So good. It is, I've been trying to quantify how to describe it. Uh, my initial note was, if you, it's a soupy mixture of Nirvana and Bikini Kill. If you stripped out half the instruments, mm-hmm. then I hit on a slightly more apropos uh, example, and that would be Cherry Pickles meets Mommy Longlegs. And then two minutes before you came in, yeah, I was like, oh, Surfboard Junior. Uh, yeah, a little bit. So, did you find have an answer? No, I don't have an answer yet. Um, See, I was going to say, it reminds me a little bit of early Liz Fair and like yeah. a little Mazzy Star-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but it reminds me of, let's say you were going as a teenager, you're going to your local YMCA for a punk show. Yeah. And the opening band would be Knife Wife. Yes, Knife Wife. <laughs> it is the lowest of low fidelity. Like, like fucking Sebado. To work in another obscure Ooh. kids reference would be like learn to play some fucking chords, kids, and and I mean this in the best possible way. I can't. Play you it. can. Low fidelity. Um, it's a three piece. It's pretty amazing. It is pretty amazing. You know how other bands you might have to listen to the lyrics and interpret them and be like, I think this is what this means. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, not this band. No. <laughs> they um, not at all. Um, so, all the songs are about some combination of the following. Making out. Possibly getting high. Being so obsessed with someone you would kill yourself. <laughs> or just grossing other people out. And What's the one song that they're like, don't eat that? That they're just... Oh, um... <laughs> that's pretty amazing. Every Living Thing? Yes, it's awesome. Yes, we'll get to that. Yeah, every song is awesome. <laughs> it is... Do yourself a favor. Get knife... Wife, the second this podcast ends. And it's like, yeah, lo- lo-fi DIY punk. Um, it's interesting. I'll tell you why it's interesting in a second. Because I just finished the Darby Crash book. But let me do <laughs> Knife Wife first and then I'll segue into that. It opens with um, Dreamland, which has sort of this throbbing bass and this really disinterested, like, drum beat. Oh, and all the vocals really sound like they could they could barely be bothered to sing but it's so great imagine though if you're older than 35 this was like you had the old tape recorder that you would just hit record that's what it sounds like all right we're gonna form a band yeah yeah it's Um, awesome they wait for their babysitters to go to bed They're probably all like 45, and it's just like a picture of their kids or their grandbabies. So Dreamland, which is literally about, it's about um, making out in a basement? I guess. I guess. Like, they, like I don't know. They they love talking about fucking spit and gross shit. That's the other thing. A lot of gross out shit. Saliva. Mentioned more of this album than the zero times that I would prefer. 
That is to say, that goes into Silly Pony. Silly Pony is one of my favorites. Oh, and that's what it's just about like. <laughs> that's what really sold me because I'm like, what is this? And, and I'm I like, thought this he is in awesome. the second hour. I was like, oh, it's Jamie. <laughs> it's like it's about being obsessed with someone. It's like I'm going to collect all your band aids and kill your pets. Um, <laughs> you thought of me. It was wonderful. I was like, oh. and um, I don't get that obsessive anymore. Anymore, but you're 15, Jamie. It reminded me Holding of... Holding on to someone's keys for 20 years. Yeah. I so mean, I could still have power over exactly. them. I might come and murder them. Yes. There you go. <laughs> um, um, I was like, Silly Pony kind of reminded me of a song by a band called Bosnian Rainbows called Marching Song. Okay. Bosnian Rainbows is actually a side project of Terry Suez and Oscar ah. or Omar... Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Cool. Silly pony. Silly pony. <laughs> Reptile. I was like, I, I don't have the energy to even think about this yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. I think it's our own beloved. And then the awesomest song of the year, Dentist. Yes, yes. So I there's a that. song called Dentist. It is all about <laughs> tripping on nitrous oxide. And literally, again, not a lot of meaning. You don't have to think too hard about it. I like, like how she's like, I have to go to the dentist today. Yeah, yeah and it's like, talking. About, this is the highlight of my year. Yeah. Just tripping. It's like, my teeth are all fuzzy. Oh, it's so great. Every living thing is fast and quick. It's basically singing it's about... It's like 45 seconds, I think. Yeah, how, how eating every th- living thing. And I like the end. It's like, that's so gross. I'm going to kiss you right on the mouth. And then... <laughs> Lobe is sort of like about hating everybody and like... You know, wishing they were dead, like someone's son reminded me of. Um, Cheek is their Bikini Kill song. Mm-hmm. Then the last three songs, I think Cheek has the line about, I'm going to lick all your teeth, even the ones that aren't there yet. Uh, Fruity Void. Is, I just felt like I was on fucking acid at that point. Is that the one with the Casio keyboard? Yes. I've always, okay, whenever I talk about Beach House, I talk about... Like, imagine when you're a kid and you listen to this Casio keyboard if you're, like, in your yeah. 40s. This song, legit, is, like, a song I made when I was, like, yeah. 11 years old. And it's, I mean, literally, like, I'm it's like... I don't know that... I, I don't think this album's good for me. I was like... And I seriously, like, felt like I was hallucinating at that point. <laughs> and there's, like, something about, you know... Like the popular girl, and you hate her, but you really love her. It's amazing, yeah. It, it is amazing. Really, really cool. Um... Then there's one angel, so I don't even fucking know. And then dogs. Last three songs are just all super wackadoo. They're really, yeah. I didn't. And, I think my brain hurt too much. After yeah, literally. Like, I mean, it is a lot. These kids are fucking geniuses. <laughs> yeah, after Fruity Void, I think my brain just yeah, shut Fruity, off. And Fruity Void is so. It's the most different thing I'll hear this year. So yeah, I love this a lot. It was super bizarre. And it's funny because they super have, monotone too. For yeah, the super most part. monotone. They had an EP out earlier this year. Yeah, it sounded different. Actually, it different. sounds more produced. Yeah, I agree. Um, something like they they didn't do it in their basement. Yeah, they used a computer instead of a tape recorder. Yeah, <laughs> album of the year frontrunner, Knife Wife. <laughs> it's all I can say. I cannot say enough. Like I cannot get enough. I remember as a kid, I had a tape recorder that you yeah. could. St- Record yourself singing. Uh-huh. You had like that microphone, and that's what it was reminding me of. Like yeah. it was recorded on something like that. It was not a lot of chords. It's a mostly single plucking. <laughs> I think they change vocals lists sometimes, but it's yeah. hard to tell. And they describe it as it's a it's an album about the the boredom and the ecstasy of being like fifteen years old. Yeah, yeah. And it is. It's 
It's basically about being sort of a misfit in high school. And just to top it all off, so I finished the uh, I finished Lexicon Devil, mm-hmm. which is an oral history of Darby Crash and the um, the Germs. Yes. And yeah, all the kids in that remind me of this band. Uh, I guess. Did they talk about Belinda Carlisle? In passing, they kind yeah. of all hate on her. Really? A well, I guess bit. they hated on her because she went like new wave. No, not even that. Oh, like really? they, uh, Oh, because of where they lived or something. Not even that. Oh, so okay. this is why it's interesting. Oh, many, many, this would be a many other reviews. So this is what I took away from this book. Uh, very pretentious for the most part. One, Gerber or Michelle Bell. Okay. Who is Darby's friend. Like yeah. really uh, super full of herself. Claims she invented skate kids listening to punk. Oh. Uh, okay. And then someone else, like Brenda Mullen is like, does she still say that? That's fucking bullshit. <laughs> it's like Harley Flanagan saying brought skinhead culture to uh, America. Yeah, they did talk about <laughs> yeah. skinhead culture. They talk about how sort of John Doe and Exene were the king and the queen. They were the king. They were the king and the queen of the scene. They were sort of the stabilizing influence. They said they were like the mother and father of the punk scene. They don't fucking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wrong way. Oh, someone's. Being I picked the scab off. Someone's being a little fucking knife wife. <laughs> Billy Zoom really hated it if anyone fucked with his gear, and I guess he he like. Darby punched him in the face one night and, and Billy like tried to kill him. The reason everyone hates him but Belinda. Okay, yeah. You know Belinda was supposed to be in the germs and she got mono. Yeah, yeah. yeah people like she didn't have mono. People don't believe she had mono. They think she just chickened out. Probably. But she's not that big in, yeah. into it. They always um, just mention her in passing. Just to... It's a lot about Darby doing heroin, being a fuck up. Darby probably killing himself uh, in part because he couldn't reconcile being gay and a punk. Because yeah. at that point, they do talk about the second wave hit, and it was just turned into yeah. male hardcore. culture, hardcore. Yeah. It was more of an art scene, like art punk kind Oh, it was very much, yeah. Um, Which I think of um, CCS when I hear it. Yeah, art, fe- yeah. <laughs> art bitch. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Casey Cola, who's the one who OD'd with him, oh, okay. but lived. 50-50, some people are like, really hated her. Others like, eh, I don't really blame her. And then we go Penelope Spears, who did... Uh, Planet Western Civilization. She was actually a writer on Roseanne as well. Yeah. She mm. talks about like having the, like the, the poster for the movie and then him k- killing himself. Oh, wow. And she'd be like, what the fuck? I have this poster of him looking all <laughs> fucked up and he's dead. Yeah, in the end, he really wasn't a good musician. And like kind of Pespier was a good musician. And the final show they played, like the other three, like Germs, were really solid. But anyway, like a lot of that, because they're all kids in this thing. Lorna Doom. Lorna Doom, Yeah. It just reminded me a lot of this culture because in the end, like, you know, they were all like... They were kids. Started when they were like 14 yeah. and that's when the scene started to come and like... I like the germs. Yeah. I didn't like them when I was like growing up, but I respected them more yeah. the older I got. He but. brought the... Uh, they weren't, they're not called Mohawks, they're called Mohicans. Darby. Who loved Adamant. Cool. Cool. Life Wife. Life Wife. And Lexicon Devil. Yeah. Uh, Ceremony Yay! has a new album out. Yeah. I actually got it today, but they had three singles out. I did not get a chance to listen to it, and one of them came with a Rubik's Cube. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, that's, that's pretty awesome. cool. Um, so Ceremony in the Spirit World came out May, I guess it's May, August uh, 16th. What's today? 17th, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess it came out Friday, yeah. technically. Off Relapse Records. I forget how many releases they have, but they have a bunch. Um, this is their follow-up from 2015's L-Shaped Man, and they are still on this 
post-punk dark wave run going on. And yeah. I think um, L-Shaped Man was just so different that I liked it, but I just couldn't wrap my head mm-hmm. around it enough. When yeah. the ceremony came from very hardcore roots, real, yeah. they've been around for a while, and they totally have switched gears throughout throughout their history. So anyway, yeah, they had three singles that came out. Turn away the bad things it has this Joy Division feel, very catchy with the uh, synth and guitar, and it has a, obviously a whole like eighties new wave feeling. It has like a like if you like the Cure, you like Joy Division. Um, halfway through the song, though, it shifts gear and it kind of slows down to like the streamlike, yeah, like um, shoegazing, it, and there's female vocals. I thought the track had actually switched over. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I'm like, oh, and then it goes right back into mm-hmm. the back into the song. But I thought that was really neat. Just dig it. In the Spirit World now is probably my favorite song. Really cool synth riff going through it. Just like cool, catchy. It's almost like has this like sexy feel to it. Yeah. One thing I didn't think of, I'm like, why could, I'm trying to think of who it sounded like or what it reminded me of. And Mark said Public Image a lot about, or Limited. Or, yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh shit, I totally forgot about that band. I never really listened to them. Presaging the End. Like 80s rock, a little shoegaze, a little, uh, a little bit of lo-fi, but it's still, you know, going the whole new wave-ish thing. There's like this little guitar riff going through the whole thing. His vocals actually remind me a little bit of Jim Morrison-esque yeah. a little bit. But yeah, those are the three songs. I was really impressed. I really like it. I know the album's going to, I think, have 13 songs to it. But if it continues continues this way, I'm really looking forward to this. I liked it a lot. I want to hear this full album. The first song, Turn Away the Bad Things. Yeah. 70s sci-fi aesthetic. Where okay. it kind of sounds trippy enough that it could be in a pre- blockbuster era sci-fi mm-hmm. movie um, in the spirit world now was kind of glammy it actually reminded me of the very album i had playing when you came in which would be gary newman yeah gary i newman, could, the pleasure yeah, I could definitely say too pleasure principle one of my favorite albums mm-hmm. even though uh david bowie created a diss track against gary newman on scary monsters and super creeps ah. and yeah i liked it a lot can't wait to hear the rest yes I would have done a real quick review, but I literally mm-hmm. had no time. I yeah. didn't pick them off my front porch till like 12 o'clock uh, or something, so yeah. I didn't really have time. So yeah, Ceremony in the Spirit World, I'm really looking forward to yeah. it. And the songs are pretty cool. If mm-hmm. you're expecting like the old hardcore Ceremony, you are and not they... going to get it. But yeah, I, I feel like they, um, obviously they're going more the L-shaped man uh, route, but they've kind of... Can't even talk. They they're honing in their sound. It like there's their sound with it, and it, it just it just sounds a lot better. Yeah. If, I, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. They're it does reworking. They're working their craft. Do they play with genres? Yes. That's my douchey music reviewer. Yeah. A few other short, I guess, really short music news thingies. Mm-hmm. Um, Death Valley Girls, which is another band I like, released a single. Uh, the single's really good. Um, I'm hoping they release an album this year or next year, and they're opening for the Distillers. Yes, um, which I gave up my tickets. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> which are they? They canceled. The yeah, they canceled them, but yeah, they were supposed to be touring with. So they, I don't even know if they'll be touring with. Yeah, because someone in the Distillers basically. Opened I think the drummer up. like fucked his hand. Yeah, up it really is bad. But the OCs and Slater Kenny came out. Those albums came out yesterday. Mm-hmm. They'll be on some podcasts in the future. But an epilogue to the Slater Kinney saga, not really epilogue, was that Janet Weiss was in a car accident. Uh, I think she like broke her arm and basically fucked herself up and cannot huh. tour uh. with a Quasi slash um, Slant. There's some speculation that St. Vincent cut her brakes. Ooh, maybe. Mainly for me. And now, 
Oh, wait, did you listen to, before you get into that, Mark sent you that Japanese... Oh, my God, yeah, I was like, wow, what the fuck is this? What but is I it, like it, Octon Beaver or something yeah. like that? They're pretty amazing. Their videos are really, really cool. Yeah, they, I like... Imagine, like, um, I wouldn't even say surfboard. They're very, like, garage punk. Yeah. F- four girls out of Japan, yeah. and it's awesome. It's a really, yeah, really it cool. Yeah, it was very different. I liked it a lot, yeah. I, I told him, wow. I was like, wow. And now we travel... Ooh, the Wayback Machine? Uh, yeah, across the universe. Uh, so, let me ask you before we begin. What do you remember about this movie? I remember them like running in a field in the very beginning and going by a swing. And that's when I knew I'd hate this movie uh, because they're all singing. I remember the whole strawberry fields, I think. They like had like a picture of a strawberry. You like throw something at it. I remember Sadie being in a closet. You're not quite there. I remember um, Bono being on the dumb bus. And um, I remember them singing to get out of the closet for her. It was just really bad. Wasn't there like um, a character? I can't remember. Go ahead. I'll I'll, I'll say you seem to remember more about this movie (laughs) than I did before I rewatched it. Yeah. It's a very forgettable movie. So many years ago. When did it come out? I didn't look. Uh, I, I was surprised. Julie Taymor, who did like the Lion King musical oh, and yeah, Spider-Man, yeah. actually directed this. Okay. She actually did Frida. Okay, cool. Well, she did not do a good job on this shit movie. <laughs> I did not care for this movie. You did not care for this movie. I hate it. I would have to say it is up there. We saw Dragon Wars, and I think Dragon Wars yeah. was a little better. So, <laughs> we saw this movie as one... We actually went to the movie theater. One we both like kind of... Wanted to leave at a certain point and just did it because we had uh, I wanted to see how bad, like Dr. Parnassus is probably the worst movie I saw yeah. in the theater. And this would probably be the second. Mm. So. Do tell about this so shit first, show. Let me cover the cast of characters. Yes. Rachel um, Evan Woods, right? What? Is Rachel Evan Woods? In? She's one of them. So you have Jude, who's like sort of a, a teddy boy emo kid. Looks like young Ewan McGregor. If Ewan McGregor got melted a bit by like a candle. <laughs> You have his best friend, Max, who's sort of a, a college dropout. Max's sister, Lucy, Ooh. who is not to be confused with Lucy Diamond, the Lucy. international... What? I forgot. Lucy Diamond was cool. Lucy Diamond, the international Debs is an criminal. amazing Yes, movie. Debs. Lucy Diamond, played by, of course, Rachel Evan Woods, and also a cowboy robot, possibly? <laughs> and a vampire. Um, and then, of course, there's Prudence... A lesbian whose sole character trait is being a lesbian. Is there Jimi Hendrix in there? We're getting there, yeah. <laughs> yes, I knew I forgot. Where was it? So bad. There's, Janis Joplin. there's Sadie, who's Janis Joplin. And then finally, JoJo, who was Jimi Hendrix. Oh, God. If you read the, incidentally, if you read the IMDb trivia, trivia, they mention these facts like you might not realize. It opens with sort of this montage. Of if I write about them in a field in the... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I remember that. Although that doesn't happen right away. Mm. You, This movie is very forgettable. Literally, like, you remember the Bono thing, which is... I, I remember because you didn't know who it was. You're like, that was Bono? Yeah. I was like, how did you not fucking so, know that? I, there are two things I remembered about this movie. Well, three. If one you count one as hating it. <laughs> I remembered Bono, and I remembered Happiness is a Warm Gun. That was the coolest part of the movie. Yes. So, watch this movie. Because Selma Hayek was in that part. 
Yes. Okay. A whole bunch of Selma Hayek. Yes. Yes. You know who else was in this movie that I didn't realize? Who? Joe Cocker. Really? He's, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know when we get there. Okay. So again, it opens up with him basically going, I loved a girl once. And they kind of play Helter Skelter. And they show this montage of violence and shit. And I'll say, incidentally, it leads you to believe one thing about the movie that it's not true. I think. Okay. I got to a point where I just started fast forwarding. I'm going to be, I'm going to share that in advance. Couldn't bear it after a certain point. The first couple of scenes are juxtaposed Jude and uh, Rachel Evan Wood, Lucy. And he's like some like working class stiff at a club. And he has a girlfriend. And she's like a debutante in her bow goes off to uh, the Nam. Yes. And then basically he goes, he goes to look for his father who lives in Princeton. He meets Max. And that brings us to the first crack of the movie. 15 minutes in. <laughs> okay. With, with a little help from our friends. Okay. And I'm like, eh, this isn't so good. <laughs> um, because up to this point, it's not a bad movie. It could work. Yeah. And even this, it gets redeemed because the next scene is that she's singing about how her boyfriend's coming back. And it's not bad. Or they realize she's like a young 17 because she's riding bikes. Yeah. Not like how people ride bikes now. How people rode bikes when they were... Um, we'll say knife wife age, <laughs> but she's in love with this dude who's in the knob. Mm-hmm. Max and uh, Jude go to Thanksgiving with uh, Lucy. Then I realize what the problem with this movie is, what the issue with this movie is. Yes, that it's really boring. Well, besides that, <laughs> now oh, you know what I forgot happened in there? Uh, we find out Prudence is gay and she's a gay cheerleader and she runs away from home. Yeah, Prudence is the most useless fucking character here. I'm all for representation. Yeah. I but, but she has literally no... She has... Well, let me wait for it. So after realizing the issue, we'll call it the... the bowling alley. Yeah, it'd be fine. Okay. The bowling alley scene. Remember that? No. It goes on... No, just... We'll just remember the bullet... That, okay. Uh, alluding to something called the bowling alley scene, which is when I realized what could make this movie better... Uh, we have another 30 minutes before things really go off the rails. And in that scene, you meet JoJo. Mm-hmm. You meet Sadie, and you meet JoJo. And JoJo comes to New York and come together, which is actually a really cool set piece scene that I didn't remember. And that's where, like, it's with, like, dancing hookers and pimps, and it's kind of funked out. It's basically a Hendrix-style version of Come Together. Okay. And Joe Cocker, he plays a homeless guy. Ah. Or himself. He's basically a homeless guy. But he also plays, like, a pimp. Okay. We have all the principles here. Yes. Then, about halfway through the movie, 60 minutes, dear Prudence, Prudence, who's in love with Sadie, locks herself in, the closet. in a closet. Eh? Eh, yeah, eh? I, I remember being offended and was watching and I was it so like, bad. That's what it really snapped for me. It's, dude, <laughs> stop putting your fucking shit everywhere. I don't even know what that is. It's a to, fingernail. It's gross. It's fucking gross. It's a, it's a present. It's so fucking gross. Anyway, dear Prudence, I'm like... teeth with it. <laughs> oh my God. Just like that fingernail on my fucking thing. Because I'm like, this is just bad. Yeah, it was really bad. But I guess remember, what? I remember me and you looking at each other going, really? Yeah, this was it. That was where it broke for me. But guess what? What? Another 60 minutes of movie to go. <laughs> and then we meet Dr. John. 
I'm like, eh. it's like Ken Kinsley or whatever. He's or, Ken Kinsley, yeah, yeah, Ken Kinsley. And he sings, I am the walrus. Yes. Um, a lot more obvious that he's Bono upon second viewing. Mm-hmm. Then we meet Eddie Izzard, who's Mr. Kite. Oh, I forgot about then that. Then it sort of turns into a, a, uh, oh shit, what's his name? Uh, a Terry Gilliam movie. Yeah. Um, oh, and, uh, Prudence reappears because apparently the most forgettable character ever, Prudence, ran away at one point and she's back and she has her girlfriend Rita. Mm, Lovely yes. Rita. She's a meter maid. And then, I don't know, some fucking shit happens. Max goes to Vietnam. Uh, Lucy becomes involved in whatever. And I'm like, what the fuck is this movie about? It's about nothing. Another 20 minutes go on. <laughs> then there's the scene where he just, Jew just marches into like the student center or whatever singing Revolution. Yeah. And like, oh my God. Now at this point. I think they were just trying to fit so much stuff in. Yeah. It just... I was like, they're really shoehorning it in. Shoehorning shoe both. And at that point, I started strategically fast-forwarding through the rest <laughs> of the movie. So, oh, a little fingernail. A whole bunch of stuff happens. It's so gross. I can't. <laughs> I don't want to put my book over it because I might forget about it. <laughs> um, like, a whole bunch of stuff happens. I couldn't tell you what. Like, for some reason, Sadie and JoJo, who, by the way, there's a scene where they're... The scene where Prudence kind don't of don't they do strawberry fields? He's like in a bowl of looking at a bowl of fruit and yeah. fucking strawberry. Yeah, at one point he's yeah something about that and like it, I couldn't even tell you at some point because all that happens because isn't like Rachel Evan Woods like falling in doesn't she like she's like kind of not with Jude for a, a half a second and she's like with some professor almost. Or he's like a student leader, so yeah. she gets involved in the anti. See, I remember movement. a bunch. So one might argue the enemy of this movie is peace. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, oh, see, oh, so the scene where Prudence, like the scene before she goes into the closet, wink, yeah. wink. Uh, Sandy and Jojo are practically fucking on the coffee table during the Dear Prudence scene, I should mention this. She's not even doing a good job acting. She's like kind of like making sneer face and shit. I'm like, oh my God, you're the, it's the worst thing ever. Yeah, was, and they all live together. They all live together in, I guess, supposed to be the, a slum of Greenwich Village, but it's yeah. a fucking house bigger than... Any house I've lived in, not really, but theoretically, yeah. The only bigger than where I'm living now. Um, and then, like, he goes back, and then Max, I guess he, he goes, is the... Um, Doesn't someone die in Vietnam, like someone's brother or something? No, um, JoJo's brother dies in uh, the, okay. the riot, 1967 riots. In the, well, well, I'll tentatively term the good part of the movie. The first half of the movie, which is at least stronger... Yeah. Um, but not really. I thought it went to shit when it, like, when Bono appears. Well, that's around, like, well, Dear Prudence happens and Bono appears right after. Yeah. Oh, and, um, so they all get back together for some reason and they sing on a rooftop and Evan Rachel Wood and uh, Scuzz Boy are, uh, fall in love. Uh, and Rita shows, or not Rita, uh, Prudence shows up to play drums. Mm. And Sadie and Jojo, who have broken up for reasons I could not tell you why. I could guess why, but I could tell you why. Get back together. Uh, yep. So, why didn't this work? Aside from the fact it was just a bad fucking movie. So why didn't it work, Lewis? First off... Why didn't it work? <laughs> so, it's so I'm Jamie's finger now. So I'm... gross. Eh. You know, <laughs> my balls are up in my fucking esophagus right now. So far they retreated. Um, oh, so gross. 
<laughs> so the first thing is, the first half of the movie is all build up, to, but to n- nothing. literally nothing pays yeah. off. A lot of the, like a lot of shit is unnecessary. Like you could have done something more useful with Prudence. No, Prudence didn't. literally exists so they can sing "Dear Prudence." I really think it just seemed like they had like half of a movie, and then they're like, oh, "Let's just." Stick a bunch of scenes. Well, I think they paid a shitload of money for those Beatles songs. Yeah. So God help. But happiness is a warm as a warm gun was a cool. Yeah. So here's the thing. Cool so, and I talked about the bowling alley scene. Mm-hmm. And you look at something like happiness is a warm gun. You look at something like come together, and you look at something like the scene where Max has to go to the enrollment center, mm-hmm. and basically. He's trying to like get out of the army, and he's like at the end of the song, he's like, "I'm a I'm a homosexual conscious objector, a vegetarian pedophile," with a spot in his lung. And the guy's like, "Oh, we don't care about that as long as you don't have flat feet." Those are set pieces. Those are really good set pieces. Mm-hmm. The bowling alley scene is a poorly executed set piece, and that's sort of the problem. One of the problems is they could go one way with this movie or the other, and they couldn't quite commit. So if they had made it like to pick another movie that was much better in my opinion, Rocket Man, mm-hmm. where the songs are stylized like an actual musical, I think it probably would have worked better. And you could have got away with having a shit nothing plot, yeah, for lack of a better word. Or you could have had a be- you could have done better writing and worked in the song sort of diegenically, and it probably would. And they do a little bit in the beginning, and it probably would have worked. But it's a movie that tried to be too clever for its own good and didn't. No payoff. So how many stars do you give it? A zero. (laughs) Now, it was actually a box office flop. Imagine that. It cost, I think, $70 million to make. Made 30. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I think it cost $10 million for those songs. Yeah, I'm sure. And, yeah, it's just... They could have made it... I don't know if they could have made it better, but... You could see a lot of that, like, a lot of Broadway musical shit in there. And it just didn't quite work like Mr. Kite really didn't work because uh, I guess Eddie Izzard maybe can't sing I don't know yeah I don't know you know what I watched what my two dads oh like the Paul Rudd um... no not Paul Rudd no. Paul Reiser Paul Reiser yeah <laughs> and the other dude who never I did forget it. his name Miami Vice will call him because he dressed like he was on yeah. Miami Vice so do you know the whole thing about that do you remember my two was dads it? I remember watching it as a kid I remember there was like they were so her mom dies yeah she doesn't know who her dad is. It's either Paul Reiser or Miami Vice guy. Yeah. And the judge orders her to like stay with the, her two dads. Uh-huh. Then the judge owns the building that they live in. Uh-huh. There's a lot of I, weird I stuff. I had no idea. And so the girl in it, her boyfriend, the, her like date, is yeah. a young Giovanni Urbisi. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. weird. Pretty bad show. Other than... Paul Reiser, did anyone else ever do anything? The judge you have seen stuff in. Well, the judge is a judge in Night Court. Yes. To the point where I could almost like... I forget I think her name. crossover, but yeah, she she like subs for Harry Stone in a couple episodes. Yeah. I forget her name, but yeah, yeah. I was surprised with Giovanni Urbisi. Like, look at that fucking fingernail. <laughs> but yeah, my two dads. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, I think on that note, I'm just going <laughs> to kill it. Before the end of the year, I'm going to rewatch Moulin Rouge. Oh, yeah, that'd be interesting. It Moulin Rouge a, was like, if I wasn't watching it with people, I would have shut it off within 10 minutes. It's a super fucked up movie. But it's good. It's good. I'm but glad probably, I kept watching it. I'll say a much better example 
of what this tried to do. Also, I don't want people give a shit about the Beatles like they did. Years yeah, ago. I don't know. Well, we got a couple minutes before an hour. Well, you can go as long as you we want. Were ta- Mark and I were talking about musicians we had crushes on as kids. Uh-huh. And because Billy Joel came on. Uh-huh. And then Jim Morrison... And then I was like, "Oh, I used to have a, I used to like have a big crush on Elvis," and Mark didn't know. Yeah. So I, we were trying to think of people we had crushes on. So who uh, were your crushes when you were a young lad in the eighties? When I was a young lad, not in the nineties, eighties. Because Mark was like Olivia Newton-John. Because I was like, um, Belinda Carlisle. He's like, "Oh yeah, I forgot about Belinda Carlisle and Susanna Huff from the Bangles." I was gonna say Susanna Huff definitely. I'm trying to think. Oh, I got one. Annie Lennox. <laughs> I don't think so. Really? I'm dead serious, yeah. Really? She is so fucking weird. In the Sweet Dreams video. Little like it was Bowie before fucking Bowie. Yeah. The David Bowie chick I like. <laughs> no. I remember seeing that video on I on MTV and I didn't I wasn't sure if it was a man I, or a woman at the time. I think I was more fascinated by it than anything. Annie Lennox is really Annie cool. Lennox. I'm trying to think. I'm going through. Um probably not a lot. I don't think I was I didn't like Olivia Newton John. I think I liked all the Bengals actually. I remember Michael was one of them. I forget. She played something. I just remember her name being Michael. Mm-hmm. So I remember liking like Joe Elliott from Def Leppard. I thought was hot. Yeah. And um, I always like Nikki Six. Oh, Scuzz, but yeah, just no, not Tommy Lee. It's Nikki Six. Nikki Six is also Scuzz. <laughs> shooting heroin every yeah, streaming. I'm trying to think. Like I don't think I really. Did you like Lita Ford? Yeah. I probably would have been into Young Joan Jett if I had known what Young Joan Jett looked like. Were you into Debbie Harry at all? No. Madonna, we were talking about. Madonna. Yeah. But you could have not for Madonna. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other, like, 80s. No, so yeah, you were just, like, talking about that. We were thinking 70s. more, like, 90s would come up. Though. 90s is big for me. Probably, like, you know, I don't know, every every female front woman <laughs> in the 90s. But, yeah, we were just talking about that. Maybe we can uh, build upon that. Yeah, that's one. That'd be one for, well... Have a topic or something. I'll say we have an episode. 80 this is crushes, 90 crushes or something. We have 69 coming up, so that's uh, Ooh. perfect. So yeah, I don't keep get that it. in mind. What's 69? It's uh, Bill and Ted's song. Oh, okay. I don't know. So coming up to a podcast near you, crushes. Yes. How about my fingernail? No. <laughs> it's fucking horrible. <laughs> On that, um, you can catch us on www.trashsouthstreet.com. On disgustingjamie.net. <laughs> um, Facebook is the easiest way. Man, I gotta throw this microphone away now. <laughs> it's a thumbnail. Yeah, don't get. Uh, <laughs> no. We've been listening to a lot of Lady Gaga lately too. Yeah. That first album is amazing. Oh, it is. I listen so to good. It. Okay. All right. All right. Bye. We'll see you later. <laughs>